Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I want to talk about this because, look, this is an important issue, and this is causing some big problems. We've heard a lot about it. Uh, we've seen steps taken to try to address the problem of delays in our court system. And part of that has meant, uh, meant filling, uh, filling some of these judicial vacancies that exist. But that's not the only reason why this is happening. It's not simply a matter of hiring new judges. There are all kinds of reasons why court cases get delayed. We had a, a landmark case from the Supreme Court of Canada, the Jordan decision, as it's known from last summer, which laid out this framework for when trials must occur and when it becomes unreasonable. Now, there are delays that are understandable and justifiable. What the Supreme Court has talked about is unreasonable delays. So there's this uh, ceiling of 30 months for a case to get to trial through the Superior Court, 18 months for Provincial Court. So we have seen cases collapse because of that. Charges get stayed as a result of all of this. So there's, I think, some legitimate concern being raised here that uh, potentially dangerous people are falling through the cracks because we can't get these matters to trial on time. So how do we address this? How do we ensure that that's not happening? Because there's no magic overnight fix here. Well, a Senate committee has produced a report urging the government to come up with uh, a different approach to this and different kinds of consequences for cases that take too long to make their way through courts. Joining us to talk more about it, uh, Senator Denise Batters joins us uh, on the line, part of this uh, report. Uh, Senator Batters, welcome to the program. Thanks very much for having me. Really appreciate your attention to this critical issue in Canada. Well, and it, it is a national problem. I mean, certainly it's we've seen in, in Alberta in particular where it's been uh, been acute, but it's, it's not an Alberta problem. This is a national problem, isn't it? Absolutely. And uh, maybe people in Alberta might happen to be a little bit more keenly aware of it because last fall we had a first-degree murder charge that was stayed um, in Alberta. And uh, things like that, that just shocks the conscience of the community and brings the administration of justice into disrepute in Canada. And uh, that's why those types of cases um, are... Senate Legal Committee has been studying this matter for 18 months. It's a critical issue in, throughout Canada. And one of our priority recommendations is uh, that we think that stays of proceedings or having a case thrown out of court should not be the only judicial remedy available for unreasonable delays in criminal proceedings, particularly those involving a serious indictable matter like a murder. And so what we're recommending is that the remedy for unreasonable trial delay be found in sentencing and costs for those types of matters, and that a reference to the Supreme Court of Canada be made by the Attorney General to ensure that that's, you know, that it's done in a constitutional manner to give effect to that type of a remedy. All right. So why why do you think it is, though, that this problem has become so bad? I mean, obviously, it's a, it stems from the Supreme Court decision, but what's going on within the system that's causing these delays? Yes. Well, it was it was 
certainly an issue even before that Supreme Court of Canada decision last fall. In fact, we were already studying this matter for about eight months prior to that, but that Supreme Court of Canada matter really just brought matters to a head with the establishment of these quite strict time limits for cases from the laying of charges to the end of trial. And so if it exceeds those limits, that's then presumed to be unreasonable and violating the accused right under the charter to be tried with unreasonable time and they would have their case um, stayed. So there are many reasons for it. Sometimes it's lack of resources, but not only because of that. Sometimes it's just what and one thing that we found in our um, study was that there's really a culture of complacency towards court delay in the courts and throughout the government, frankly, governments federally and provincially. And, uh, and there's many different reasons, but those are a couple of things, not using technology properly. We put out a, an interim report actually last summer where we knew that this was a major issue and it was actually timed quite um, precipitously with that Supreme Court of Canada decision that came out. So what we recommended there was some immediate things to focus on, um, and one of those was to fill judicial vacancies because that's something that the federal government, although it's certainly not the magic bullet, it's certainly not the only solution, but that is something that the federal government can do by itself right now. And yet we still have the Trudeau government limping along at appointments. They made a political choice to scrap and reconstitute the judicial advisory committees in Canada, which recommend people to be appointed as judges. But still almost half of those committees, seven out of 17, are still empty. So for those regions of Canada, they can't even propose judges for the justice minister to appoint. So right now we have 53 judicial vacancies across Canada. We have another 28 new judicial positions created in the last budget. So that means there's 81 judicial vacancies in Canada. And how many cases sit in wait and run the risk of being stayed while those courtrooms sit empty? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's quite frustrating that, that it's it's happening. So, Absolutely. as you say, I mean, it takes time to fill those those positions, doesn't it? It does, but at the same time, um, we've now had this Trudeau government in power for, you know, 18 months. Um, actually, we're even getting close to two years at, that, at this stage. And um, when we released the interim report, and actually after we came to Alberta as well, we, we put out another call because we had heard from some of your top um, judicial officials in Alberta indicating that this was a real frustration for them, that they were waiting for these judicial spots to be filled. And uh, the justice minister took something like eight or ten months even to just name the judicial affairs advisor in her office, the key person to appoint, to help her with the appointment of judges. So we want to make sure that this government is taking this issue seriously. It took the justice minister months to come to our committee and talk about this issue. When she did, it just seemed like there was a real lack of urgency. And this is such a critical issue, especially when we have people um, going free without ever having a trial who have been charged with murder, with child sexual assault, with child physical assault. It's a critical issue, and we need action and more talk, less action. I mean, sorry, the other way around. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> or action, less <laughs> talk. Yeah. That's what's happening right now. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, listen, I mean, it's, when it's getting near that point where cases are on the verge of, of collapsing or, or charges are being stayed, is there another way that that can be handled right now? I mean, are, are our hands kind of tied? Well, no, I don't think so. And that's why we're trying to um, provide some real practical solutions. That's what we tried to do throughout this particular study, because there are good things being done across the country. I come from Saskatchewan. Um, there are some really good innovative ideas being done there. We saw some excellent innovative ideas when we visited Calgary, actually, um, and just how they're using technology to handle court appearances rather than having people have to 
you know, go off to the court, have their lawyer appear on very um, mundane sort of matters um, that really could be handled maybe by um, by computer or um, you know, those sorts of things. There's some innovative ways that things can be handled, and that's what we're trying to bring to the attention of governments and courts across the country. So um, those were some of the recommendations that we made in our interim report to look at those types of things, things like shadow courts, where it's almost kind of like overbooking flights and that type of thing, overbooking courtrooms, knowing that a number of cases will fall through at the last minute, using technological advances um, to modernize criminal proceedings and save time. So there's many things that can be done Aside from just pouring more money into the system, sometimes that needs to be done as well, but uh, other types of practical solutions that we've tried to uh, bring to the attention of, uh, of people across Canada. Right. Uh, how much of this, though, is provincial jurisdiction? Well, the administration of justice is provincial jurisdiction, but at the same time, there are, there's an important role of the federal government, and obviously um, you know, they're in charge of the criminal code, and they have... Um, they can definitely play a leadership role in many of these different types of things. And some of the recommendations that we make are, you know, deal with both levels of government, and it's our input into, as the Chamber of Sober Second Thought, and a body that takes the regions of our country very seriously um, to make sure that we provide our best guidance in this regard. And the guidance of so many, you know, hundreds of witnesses um, all over the country who came to testify and provide us with their guidance on this. But there are also some things that we, you know, just provide our our input as to, hey, this is a really great innovative approach that's been done in this particular jurisdiction. Maybe everywhere should be looking at it. And different solutions, um, things like one of our recommendations is to recommend the Minister of Justice take steps to eliminate the preliminary inquiry in a criminal proceeding or limit its use. Um, another recommendation is to recommend that the Minister of Justice review the merits of designated certain designating certain types of offenses like impaired driving, those types of things, perhaps at lower levels of, of impaired to be dealt with it maybe as administrative penalties to re- reserve criminal law procedures and the length and um, cumbersome, um, cumbersome nature of those to be dealt with for other types of more serious criminal charges, not to say that impaired driving is not serious, of course it is, but as British Columbia has done, they've, they've used these administrative penalties and have had some success in doing that. So um, there are many different ways that we can deal with these things. Case management um, is another issue that uh, judges need to improve their case management practices and, uh, and be able to treat their courtrooms as their domain and to, use, um, to be able to challenge unnecessary adjournments, impose deadlines and that sort of thing. Um, there's many different ways that they can do that sort of thing. Yeah. All right. Well, Senator, we'll leave it there. Hopefully we'll, we'll see some action on some of this, but I appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the attention on this. And if your listeners would like to um, see our substantial report that we put out, they can check it out on my Twitter or Facebook page. My Twitter account is at Denise Batters, and my Facebook page is Senator Denise Batters. Excellent. Thanks again, Senator. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. All right. That is Denise Batters, uh, conservative senator from the province of Saskatchewan on Twitter, as mentioned, at Denise Batters. Uh, you can find the report there. So, yeah, look, we need to address this. There's action that needs to be taken at the federal level, uh, action that needs to be taken at the provincial level. Uh, but this is a problem. Um, there's no easy fix, unfortunately, but let's let's start to work at uh, addressing this. Our number here, 403-974-8255. We've got a lot more to get to. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.